Well, we are, as Catholics, often challenged or sometimes sadly even criticized for the rosary. And what's interesting is the rosary is two major component parts. First of all, the mysteries, and these are completely scriptural, um, the Annunciation, the scourging at the pillar, the carrying of the cross. Um, you can go to the glorious mysteries, the resurrection, the ascension. These are all biblical, but we're told the rosary is not. The other main part of the rosary, obviously, you all know, is the Hail Marys, the background music, as you've heard me say. Do you realize that we just read the entire Hail Mary in that reading? The whole Hail Mary is in the Bible, and we just heard it from Father Gabe. This is Luke chapter 1, 26 to 56. Now, in the Annunciation, the angel hails her, hail, full of grace. Now, who's she talking to? The fact that we add the name Mary doesn't change anything. Well, that's not what the angel said. The angel said, hail, full of grace. No, you put Catholics put in there, Mary. Well, he's not talking to some, you know, banker there or money changer. He's talking to Mary. And this is the angel Gabriel. Hail Mary. Tells her she is full of grace and says, the Lord is with you. That's the first opening line of the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Now, Elizabeth comes. What's the next line of the Hail Mary? Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Well, where do we get that? That's the words of Elizabeth. Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Well, then the next line is, holy Mary, mother of God. Where does that come from? Well, basically, Elizabeth calls her holy by saying, blessed is she who believed in the Lord, or believed that the Lord what the Lord said would be fulfilled. So Holy Mary. Now, what about this mother of God? Elizabeth says it clearly. How is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, non-Catholics will point that Lord is different from God. Lord is a man-made ruler. Well, who are we talking about? Who is Mary the mother of? Some man-made ruler, Caesar? or Jesus Christ, God himself. So we have that in the Bible. Holy Mary, mother of God. Now, what about the big one? Pray for us sinners. Oh, now that's not in the Bible, is it? Hmm, does the Bible say we should approach the saints with our prayers? No, it doesn't, they say. Actually, yes, it does. You can go right to the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, John saw 24 elders fall down before the Lamb, which means they are in heaven. <clears throat> they are before the Lamb, so these are in heaven. And it says, quote, each one having a harp and golden bowls of incenses, another thing we're criticized as Catholics for at the Mass, which are the prayers of the saints. Well, there's no such thing as saints, Father. Saints are the living Christians on earth. Okay, great. Because it says here, the elders in heaven are holding a harp and golden bowls of incenses, which are the prayers of the saints. It's the prayers of the people. 
That right there says the prayers of us are given to the elders, these, these other saints in heaven who are before the lamb and bring the prayers to the throne of God. There, right there in the passage we just read justifies the entire Catholic position on Mary and the saints. Biblically. B biblically? Yes. In the Bible. It's fascinating. Our good friend Scott Hahn, you've probably heard it, and he does a great job of this. He talks about Mary went up into the hill country, and he compares her to David. She's a fulfillment, like David. She's the new Ark of the Covenant. David had the involvement with the old Ark. How is this? This is interesting. So Mary went up into the hill country. What was this? The visitation. The visitation. In the visitation, Mary went up into the hill country, just like David. David went up into the hill country for three months in Judea. Mary went up into the hill country for three months in Judea. The visitation that we celebrate today. Now, like Elizabeth, David exclaimed. Remember, Mary, uh, Elizabeth said, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? David said, how is it that the ark of my Lord should come to me? This is 2 Samuel 6, verse 9. And all the early Christians and church fathers called Mary the new Ark of the Covenant. So if David said, how is it that the Ark of my Lord should come to me? Now Elizabeth saying, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The new Ark. Then Father Gabe just read that the child leapt in the womb. So what made the child weep? Weep? Sorry. Leapt. In Mary's womb. Yes, the sound of Mary's voice. All right, this is important. Then Scott Hahn points out that David danced in front of the old Ark of the Covenant, and the exact same word for danced is leapt. So basically, John the Baptist danced before when he heard the voice of Mary. Just like David danced before the old Ark of the Covenant, John the Baptist is now dancing before the Ark of the New Covenant. This is amazing. Now, the purpose of Mary's visitation. This is really powerful. Mary's visitation was to bring Jesus to both Elizabeth and John the Baptist, to important people. By Mary's visit, she brings them Jesus. That's why our faith teaches to Jesus through Mary. That's Marian consecration. What you just heard was the first Marian consecration. To Jesus through Mary. What happened? Elizabeth and John the Baptist were brought to Jesus through Mary. Fascinating. But none of this is scriptural, is it? None of your Marian consecration is scriptural, is it? It's all pagan worship, isn't it? No, of course not. Our faith teaches us to Jesus through Mary, not to Mary instead of Jesus. It's not what our faith teaches. Even though he was still in the womb, John became aware of the presence of Christ through Mary. 
This is our entire basis of Marian consecration. You become aware of the presence of Christ through Mary. What better way than his mother? He leapt for joy. John the Baptist says he was cleansed from original sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what's going on here. Elizabeth, now she also responded and recognized the presence of Jesus, again through Mary. Thus, Mary exercised her function as a mediatrix, another word that scares non-Catholics how dare you call her a mediatrix? How dare you say that? It's in the Bible. The mediatrix between God and man for the really most exemplary way with Mary. We've always had mediatrix. Moses was a mediator between God and man. The people weren't allowed to talk to God directly. They weren't allowed to go and see God directly. They were not allowed. They went through Moses. And Moses was not God's mother. Mary exercised her function as mediatrix between God and man for the first time. Catholics freak out non-Catholics when we call her co-mediatrix. Co in Latin, again, you've heard me say is cum, C-U-M. That in Latin for co means with, with, not equal to. Mary being a co-mediatrix means with Jesus, she brought him to the world, not equal to him. Mary participated in God's will as a mediatrix because she gave Jesus his human nature. She is a mediatrix. Well, wait a minute, Father. The Bible says only Jesus is the mediator. Yes, between us and the Father. Jesus is the only way to the Father. But there are many ways to Jesus. You can come, as I always point out, Jesus, uh, you can come to Jesus many ways. Peter came to Jesus through Andrew, Nathaniel, uh, through Philip. I came to Jesus through my parents. That makes them mediators. Well, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, Father. It says Jesus is the only mediator to the Father. We're talking about getting to Jesus. You go first to Jesus, then to the Father. The only way to the Father is Jesus, but there's many ways to Jesus. And so the whole word in the Bible, when Paul wrote it, he uses the word eus, not monos. Paul never says Jesus is the only mediator, meaning monos, meaning that there is no submediators. He uses the word eus, which means one in a series or the principle. We are submediators every time we pray for each other. We are submediators every time that somebody comes to you and says, "Would you pray for my little daughter?" And I tell you, a lot of non-Catholics do that. A lot of non-Catholics come and say, "Would you pray for my little girl? She's very sick. God bless you." But you want me to pray for her? Yes, please. Okay, you just made me a mediator. This is the misunderstanding of our Catholic faith and praise be to God for the feast of the visitation that helps us understand the importance of this. You know, <clears throat> Mary says, all generations were called her blessed. Father Gabe just read this. So why can't non-Catholics call her that? The Bible says all generations. It just didn't say all Catholic generations. 
All generations will call me blessed, so we need to. God honored her above all creatures, so so should we. This is veneration, not worship. Not worshiping Mary. You know, non-Catholics say we can't say she was immaculately conceived because she, that would have meant she didn't need a savior. So she couldn't be immaculately conceived. She must have had sin or she wouldn't need a savior. Uh-uh. The very fact that she was without sin means she needed a savior. Because just as the savior cleanses you from sin after you sin, it took a savior to keep you from sin in the first place. This is what is important. You know, we don't realize this, but this is the perfect example of why our Catholic faith is scriptural. And you know, on this day, um, the visitation, it's an example of charity. I'd like to finish by saying, you know, it came to me the realization of why pride is the biggest sin and why humility is the biggest virtue eight days eight I'm sorry eight years ago today when I was ordained eight years ago today at my ordination I never have ever in my life had so many people that I love gathered together in one place co-workers, past college fraternity, fellow fraternity members, co-workers, fellow students that I used to teach in catechism, friends from North Carolina, family from Michigan. It was the most incredible day. It's like our wedding day. And I remember sitting there and seeing everybody together. And it was on the Feast of the Visitation, May 31st. And I remember all of those people that had made the time to come and visit. They had trekked across the country. There was Mrs. Brandt, the mother of Bob Brandt, my very special friend who died of heart failure. There was the mother of Nick Rafko, my very best friend growing up who was killed in a car wreck. They all came, they, 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 they made the effort to come visit. They did their own little mini visitation on the feast of the visitation. And I remember thinking that because pride self-focuses us, we don't think about giving to each other or going to visit each other or going to help each other nearly enough in our world today. It's all about my comfort. It's all about you know, um, my, my time and, and, and whatnot. But here was hundreds and hundreds of people that made the effort to give of their time and come. And I remember thinking the least I can do is in my priesthood is give back in that same way as best I can. Now I fail many, many times in that because it's, it's very difficult to accomplish, you know, um, so many, you know, um, obligations that we have as priests. But the whole key is this. Why is pride the worst sin? Pride is the worst sin because we're taking the worship off of God and putting it on ourselves. People don't think that we worship ourselves. That's the worst kind. It's putting ourselves on the throne, not God. And what is heaven? Heaven is the worship of God eternally. So when we're not 
worshiping God, but worshiping up ourselves. That's why pride is the worst of the sins. And what's the corresponding virtue? Humility, exemplified by Mary in its greatest degree. The reason why humility is so great, because humility is not, again, you've heard me say this, is not thinking less of yourself. I always point out that'd be like Barry Sanders saying, you know, I really wasn't a good football player. That's not true. You can't say that. That's not humble. That's a lie. He was the best ever. So you can't say that. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. And that's what the visitation is. Nobody had more of a right to think of herself during her pregnancy than Mary. But what does she do? She hikes up into the hill countryside of Judea to give of herself. Those hundreds of people at the ordination, they had many other things to do. They came across the country and gave of themselves. That was their visitation. And now today in the Feast of the Visitation, let each and every one of us ask, how can I be and give of myself in a visitation? Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a phone call. You know, visit doesn't have to mean you drive across the country. It could mean that you go to the hospital to visit the sick, even if you don't know them. It could mean if you're sick that you just get, pick up the phone and call a loved one. Your form of visitation is the example of humility and the opposite of pride. Pride is a focus on ourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less, is putting the other, God and neighbor, ahead of yourself. Those are the two commandments. So in this one celebration, we have just justified our entire basis of Mary and Marian consecration through scripture and have just justified the entire meaning of why pride is the greatest sin and humility is the greatest virtue. You can't ask for more. This one feast has it all. And what a great day to finish the month of Mary, May 31st the Feast of the Visitation. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit 
micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.